In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. These words again from the Old Testament lesson from the book of Joel. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Lent, Ash Wednesday. So soon? Here we are less than two months away from Christmas and suddenly we are making our annual Lenten journey to the cross. Yes, the cross. What would Lent be like without the cross? What if Jesus died by the sword? Would we put swords over the altar? What if he had been hanged? Would we put ropes there? What instrument of death would we use to symbolize our Lord's death if he were executed today? Come to think of it, an instrument of death is a strange symbol to remind us of our salvation. Why not a flower? Yes, why not a flower to remind us of the beauty of the life that our Lord won for us? Why not a hammer or a saw to remind us of the work that our Lord has called us to do? Why not a loaf of bread to show that our Savior is the bread of life? Why not the sun to remind us of life? Why not the dove to point to the peace of Christ which passes all understanding. But Lent is about the cross. Lent helps us to discover again not only the meaning of the cross, but the glory of it. Lent is a time to reflect, to think about how we're doing spiritually, individually, as well as a seminary community. Lent is a time of repentance and spiritual renewal something that because of our baptism should happen every day of our lives. And repentance and spiritual renewal is what God through the prophet Joel calls for in the Old Testament lesson for this Ash Wednesday when he says, even now return to me with all your heart. Return to me with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Let not your broken heart, or let your broken heart show your sorrow over your sins. Tearing your clothing is not enough. The prophet here is speaking out against our use of repentance or piety for outward show, for ulterior motives, in other words, saying we are sorry for our sins to get God off our backs, like we often do with one another. True repentance, the prophet is saying, turning from sin to God is more than a kind of spiritual pulse-taking or an exercise in self-improvement. It's a matter of giving our hearts completely to the God who saves us. 
everything. Yes, everything that separates us from one another, everything that deprives us of good or afflicts us with evil, everything must be gathered into our cries of repentance, Joel is saying. So, is my sorrow over my sins real? Is yours? Do we shed tears over our sins? Does our God help us do this? The story is told of a young girl, Tracy, whose best friend, Jennifer, just lived down the block. They were playmates and almost sisters with visits back and forth almost every day. When Tracy's friend, Jennifer, was killed in an automobile accident, Tracy and her family mourned her death almost as much as Jennifer's family. The two families were heartbroken, and they shared the awful sadness of Jennifer's funeral. The day after the funeral, Tracy disappeared for hours. Her mother was worried and searched everywhere that she thought Tracy might be. When she went out on the street in the front of her house to look for her there, she saw Tracy slowly walking toward her on the sidewalk, oblivious to everything around her. Where were you, Tracy? Her mother asked as she walked toward her daughter. I was worried about you. I was at Jennifer's house, Tracy replied. I was helping her mom. What were you helping her with? Her mother asked. Well, neither one of us felt like doing very much. So I just crawled up on her lap and helped her cry. Sometimes we all need to cry, and now and again we need help to do it. In today's Old Testament lesson text from Joel, when tears and sorrow and prayers and repentance were the order of the day, the prophet showed the people of Israel that their God was there to help them cry. The Lord your God, declares Joel, is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. What hope this promise gave to the people of Israel. And does not our God in our times of our sorrow over our sins also help us cry? Is not this the hope we cling to when our relationships wander through rough places the hope that God will guard the hearts of those who trust in him. What's more, he does much more than just sit on our laps to stop our crying over our sins. He died and rose again to do that. And because of the cross and resurrection, he daily surprises us with the miracle of a lover's care. Christ's cross and resurrection is what sets things straight for us. Christ's cross and resurrection is what gives us a new openness, a new life, a new kind of love. On this Ash Wednesday, then, as we begin our 40-day walk to the cross, as we sense again the heaviness of the heart of our Lord as the burden of our sins and the sin of the world collapse on his shoulders, we cannot help but see how determined he is to save us. So. If you keep one eye and one ear 
on Jesus. And then observe the prophet Joel with the other eye and ear. We will spend this Lenten season exuding spiritual sounds of hope and joy that will exceed any sound that a human being can create. And the trumpet sounds in Zion that Joel talks about in the last part of our text, today's Old Testament lesson, will cover all the pain, will cover all the sorrow that our sin has caused. So in these next 40 days, return to the Lord your God. He is gracious and merciful and abounding in steadfast love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.